Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. I'm Jason Lindsay. And we're back again. We have a tremendous volume of topics to get to today. Tag team, back again. Uh, I thought you were about to say we have a tremendous amount of listeners. Well, we have that too. Do we? I don't know. Do we? Yeah. Just because we got a bunch of likes on the page doesn't mean we got a lot of people listening. How many people we got? I mean, we, I know we've got Rockwell J. Pugglesworth. Right. That's one. Chris Height. Two. Um, you. Yeah. I was going to say, we know we have, say, you know, we've got, we know we have Corn Boy. I was going to say me, but I don't listen anymore. Coin, Corn Boy. Corn Boy, who we yeah. haven't heard from in ages. I haven't got a note from him. If you're listening, Corn Boy. What the hell? Come on, give us a note. We we live for that stuff. Uh, so that's three or four uh, people. J- just fifteen hours ago, just a mere fifteen hours ago, we got a very very nice message on the Facebook page from Michael Hamrick telling us how much he enjoys the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm feeling a little better. I mean, I don't so. ask for much. He says, uh, he, congrats on 100, looking forward to 200 in 2016. That's pretty good math. I might have said 2017. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with the, sometimes what, what happens to, to our lives. But uh, That's true. thanks, Michael. He's, Michael's a longtime listener. And, That's and right. A longtime uh, poster. He's, he's posted little notes before. Yep. So thanks for that. We love it. Uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we're going to do our best to make it to 200. That's true. Sometime soon. <laughs> well, yeah, um, in, an, in another 96 episodes. Uh, well, listen to that. The pr- production quality is superior, he says. Yeah. Anything else I listen to, from the opening and closing sequence to the balance of sound, although I could do this with a southern accent because I believe Michael is from the south because he says y'all in his notes. Uh, he says it twice here, so I think he's, he's probably from the south. Um, just makes for a much more enjoyable experience. Look at that. So that's kudos to to you and your lovely wife Abby for uh, the production aspect. That's right. Yeah. I'm only responsible for slight content. For jibber jabbing. Jibber jabbing. Uh, but we have a lot to get to. Many, 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 many topics. And um, I think we should start with you, as always. What you're excited about? Well, I think this week is is particularly special and uh it has to be a a group consensus a a group like something we're exciting about excited about when they posted that picture last week i think it was thursday of the cast of star wars sitting down at that group read i think productivity in america plummeted i think as everyone just stared at that picture for an hour the 1999 Sorry, 98? No, 99, I think. Uh, when when, they, when uh, CNN ran the first trailer for Phantom Menace. Right, yeah. And everybody just 
where I was working, I was working on a show. The show that I worked on, the, the building that it was in on Hollywood Center Studios, kind of looked like a like an aircraft hangar. Like it had huge, huge, huge high ceilings. And so when you walked in the front and you saw the front desk, and then behind it were all the the desks and the cubicles. You, you could see when people weren't working or weren't doing anything. And for a good right. hour, ninety minutes, everybody was over had shifted over to the left side of the room where all the monitors were and just watched this thing over and over. Everybody was popping in blank VHS tapes at the time to, to burn it, you know, so they had it to take home. Right. I would imagine that was something similar uh, that happened with, the, uh, with that photo. Absolutely. How could you not? And you know what it is? Too? I mean, just the, the people in that room. It's just like with R2-D2 in the background, you see yeah, Peter Mayhew no, there. If you look closely... I think you can see that R2 is sleeping. Oh, no. Uh, his eyes were like half open. Well, they hadn't really started yet, so he probably had a long flight. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you know what it is? It's like, it's like, and this is what we're both excited about, if you guys haven't figured it out. This is, we're both excited about the same thing. That, uh, that, okay, I've been thinking about this for a long time. Uh, recently when that, that photo was posted and everybody's talking about it. Everybody's wondering about the new Star Wars and what do you think and what do you think? And my friend Lawrence Kasdan, you know, we talked about it at Target. No, we didn't because he's not there. <laughs> right, yeah. Was he was probably picking up some supplies for his, his, his plane that's, trip. That's the first thing I thought of looking at the photo was like, like 48, 72 hours before that picture was taken, he was at the Target on La Brea in Santa Monica. Uh, getting a, getting travel-sized toothpaste. Looking terrified at the stalker behind him in line uh, at Target that was about to utter something, and he just looked at me like, don't say it, don't. Um, what it is is, you know, when I talk about, like, Superman-Batman thing and all these choices that they're making and casting and whatever else, across the board, just about every decision that's being made on this new Star Wars is it gets better and better. And, I, I, like, the casting, I'm great with all this casting. There's so many great faces and... The guy, the kid from Attack the Block, and um, Domino Gleason's a great actor, and Oscar Isaac, who, who honestly I'd seen here and there, but thankfully I had recently seen uh, Inside Lewin Davis, yep. which I thought was good. I didn't love it, and I love the Coen Brothers. I didn't love it, but I thought he was fantastic in it. Um, so all this stuff is great, but what it is, and I keep going back to this. I'm sorry, I'm such a broken record, but. Abrams has got it so good. He's got he's got it so good because unfortunately, the taste that everyone can talk about it. Everybody can say classic Star Wars, the classic three films. That's what I think of. And the classic. I hope it's as good as the classic three. But the truth is, it's like Elvis. It's like when people think of Elvis, they think of Fat Elvis. Nine times out of ten, they think of Fat Elvis. You know, in Vegas, giant collars. You know, sitting on the toilet. You know, dying or whatever. They don't think of that young, gorgeous guy that changed music, you know, just the look of music and, and what, he, what he did when he exploded on the scene. Unfortunately, that's, it tends to be the guy that they remember is the, is the, the, the fat Elvis, you know. Star right. Wars, the taste that's in most people's mouths is the prequels. And some people out there like them. A lot of people seem to like them. Some people love them. I don't. I'm not going to go on about all the reasons why I don't or, or say just how much. I don't. But what I thought of the other day, and I don't think we've ever really said, uh, and you need to take it from here because I, I need to know a little bit more about what you think of the prequels. But what I hadn't, what I hadn't, it hadn't really occurred to me. One of the reasons I'm so angry about those prequels 
uh, and it, it, it hit me when a couple days later someone posted or, or uh, Bob Iger from Disney posted that selfie with yeah. of himself and Chewbacca behind him. Yeah. Uh, allegedly from the set of the new film. And this picture, you look at this picture and you go, that is Chewbacca. And it's exactly what you thought of when you look at him for Empire or Jedi. And then there's a comparison shot next to it. Yeah, a friend of ours did that. Who did that? Uh, I can't remember. Of Chewbacca from episode yeah. three. Uh, smell. I think it might have been, uh, it was either Josh Izzo or Joe Amara. I can't remember. The episode, Star Wars episode three, the taste of shite. So, <laughs> so, you, so you look at this and you go, Shit, man! How did how could they have gotten that so wrong? Even the thirty seconds he's in, episode three, he doesn't look anything like the Chewbacca that we know and love. How do you get this wrong? How do you get Jabba so wrong? And you can say, well, it was nineteen ninety seven effects for the special edition. No, 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 no. The, the effects are dated, but the look of him is so wrong. Like all these things. And so what has occurred to me that part of the reason I'm so I get so angry about those those prequels, it's not just that they sort of soured the soup for me, of Star Wars, where it's become a world that I have to clarify what Star Wars I'm into and what I love and what I don't, whatever. They also managed to t- forget the original stuff that was in those and the original content and how abhorrent I find all of that. He also managed to take existing stuff that was cool. And I know see, no one thinks of C-3PO and thinks of the word cool, but I love 3PO. He's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. I freaking love that that character. And yes, he was annoying and fey or whatever, so no one would necessarily say cool. But well, you know what I mean. He managed to even take the cool stuff that was cool about those movies and turn them shit. Yeah. And that's what makes me more... So Chewbacca in episode three, 3PO in all of them, uh, Darth freaking Vader. I don't know how you ruin Darth Vader, but he managed to. Uh, yeah. The only one that sort of gets out okay is Obi Wan, who who stays, I guess, pretty cool, you know, throughout. But all the yeah. things that we loved in those in those movies, they managed to make those worse. As- but he, they even ruined Tatooine, Tatooine. You know, I mean, it, it was so established as being, you know, and I, I said it the other day uh, in one of the podcasts, like it was this remote, desolate place that no one wants to be. Right. But everyone's been there. Yes. Not only has everyone been there, it's a hotbed of activity. People yeah. live there and they're they're prospering, whatever. Todd races, Todd races, you know, they've got entertainment. Only a fairly healthy economy with the slaves, you know. Yeah. But when we saw it in the first one, it was like you couldn't wait to get out of there. It was like a hub. It was just a yeah, hub. You're, you're, you, you're farming moisture, right? <laughs> you know? This is a place you you, you had a, if you had a layover, you know, on your way to uh, you know friggin' Naboo or Coruscant. If you had a layover, you'd probably have a layover. At, and Tatooine. I mean, you just would want to get out of there as early in the morning, whatever flight you could get out the next morning. It was not a place to, to hang around. Um, and, and even the Force. Why am, I, why am I not added that to the list? Even the Force, which is not even a character. It's just a concept. Even the Force got ruined. So Well, Yoda was weaker. Yoda too. was weak. Jumping around like a weird, you know, green bean. And let's be, let's be honest, because I, you know, in all this activity and all this attention to Star Wars and everyone's excited again. I dipped back into the Clone Wars. I thought I'll dip back into the final season, uh, Netflix only, because people have said, well, it's worth a, you know, it's worth a look, and you know, Qui-Gon shows up, whatever. Um, I've also come to the conclusion that a little bit of Yoda goes a long way. 
you know, that, that vernacular that he has, that speech impediment that he's got or whatever, that's, yeah. that's good for a couple sentences here and there. You know, if you want to say to Yoda, you know, how do you feel about the conflict in the Middle East? You do not want to hear a paragraph of dialogue coming from Yoda because then you just want to go, this is, you sound ridiculous. Like, is there not a better way? How long have you lived here? With that accent, what's the yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted trying to figure out what you're trying to tell yeah, me. Yeah, I have no idea what you're saying right now. How did you train anyone? Yes, how did anyone how did anyone follow your instructions the way you describe it? Um, so, yeah, there, there's my rant about all that. that, 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 that and so, Abrams, buddy, you know, I don't dislike you. I don't love everything you've done. I don't think you're the savior of the universe. But that's Flash Gordon. You got it pretty easy, pal. All you have to do, every, and this goes for everyone involved, all you got to do is not make this episode one through three. Right. That's all you got to do. And, and I will be there. I am not expecting perfection. I just, I just want some of my Star Wars back. That's is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask for one boy to ask the galaxy? We just want our Star Wars Give back. Give me my stuff back. Uh, yeah. All right. What else you so, got? So that's what we're excited. Oh, and let's let's while we're at it, and I don't believe this has been confirmed as of press time. The working title, even the working title, is cooler than anything in those first three movies. Star Wars Episode Seven: The Ancient Fear. Yes. Even that is is it is it is it the best title ever? No, but it's better than I'll bet you the other the short list of ten other titles for each of those first films that were on paper as well. It does smack a little of Phantom Menace to me, though. Really? Where you, where you go, well, I mean, which is, it's still, it's an intriguing title. You just have to deliver on it. You actually have to have an ancient fear. Because in the Phantom Menace, it was like, was it the, was it the Emperor? Is he the Phantom Menace? Uh-huh. Is it Darth Maul? Okay. Is he the but see, that, thing? Is it the thing? I think it's too many taxes I from the trade descriptive. I think it falls in line. Look, let's let's uh, let's let's go over the first three movies and their titles. Just you just you just did a dissertation on the Phantom Menace. You're right. Yes. You're right. You can see that on the paper or before you go in and go. I wonder what they're referring to. Who's the menace? What's a phantom? Are there ghosts? Could it be this guy? Could it be that guy? Uh, second one. And what what you did not expect the film to then become was Zen Masters moderating a tax dispute. <laughs> right. right. You go, oh, the Phantom Menace, hot dog. The most exciting town hall meeting CNN has ever run. Yeah. Phantom Menace. Episode two, which was called Attack of, Attack of, the, Attack of the Clones. I still don't know what the frick that title meant. What does it mean? Are the clones... Are the cl- Wait a minute. Aren't the clones at this point... Isn't the clone army uh, been built for good? So yes. so then why, who are they? Why are you using the word attack in relation? They didn't really attack until the third film. And who? Yeah, not only do they not really attack until the third film, who are they attacking? Who are they attacking in the second film? It's a mess. The third film Robots. is called Robots. Revenge of the Sith. Right now, you get a pretty good idea before going in because we know what happens. We know where this guy ends up in the fourth movie. It's Darth Vader. So you go, Revenge of the Sith. Okay, well, but is it all the Sith? Are all the Sith going to come out of hiding and start revenging? Is it one? Whose Sith are we talking about? And who is, why do they need, why do they even need revenge? What happened to the Sith? They got wiped out by the Jedi, but when? And what's the, anyway, Star Wars. Okay, 
we know a week later it was called A New Hope. But Star Wars, it was pretty much did what it said on the tin. <laughs> there's a star somewhere, there's a few stars floating around, and there's some wars going on near where the stars are. So Star Wars kind of makes the Empire Strikes Back. Hey, guess what's going to happen in this movie? The Empire, or the Emperor, or the Empire, the bad guys from the first one that kind of got knocked on their ass, guess what they're going to do in the second movie? They're going to strike back. They're going to strike back with some, with some serious firepower, okay? And then the third one is called Return of the Jedi. Well, whose story have we been following? We've been following Luke's story. And you might even, by the end of it, think they could have been referring to Anakin Skywalker as well, finally getting some redemption and returning himself to a good boy, good Jedi, whatever. So, the ancient fear. What do we think this is going to be about? It's 30 years after the events of Jedi which, from what we understand or would imagine, has been peace and prosperity for 30 years. Everybody's doing, doing well. Everybody's, no one's getting their heads cut off or hands cut off or anything. So the ancient fear, what are we, what are we talking about? Like, does, does Luke have vertigo and he, he got over it 30-some years ago and now he's kind of might be happening again? What do you think that ancient fear is? Well, here's something. I mean, here's a radical thing that I haven't heard anyone talk about. What if the ancient fear is an enemy different than the Empire? Aha! Uh-huh. Huh? Now, so, okay, so 90% of your brain... Which could be Ming the Merciless. Oh, don't. Because he's in don't it. Don't joke. Don't even say things in jest. Because I'm just saying. If that happens, my brain would officially start to liquefy and go out my my uh, right ear because you're talking, you know, you've got two great things that taste great together as far as I'm concerned. Max von Sydow. Seeing the names Andy Serkis and Max von Sydow in that cast list was just like, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Somebody in the room said, you know, you know what Lindsay would really would be cool for Lindsay? <laughs> Let's call Circus, see if he's around. And right. man, if we can get Max von Sydow, I know it would make Jason Lindsay really happy. So somebody get on the horn, make it happen. And uh, and then they told that same thing to Max von Sydow, and he said, "How could I not show up for this? You know, right. for Jason." Uh, so yeah, imagine that. So ancient fear could be slash most likely something to do with the bad guys from the first uh, set of movies, or at least the last three, because they've been all wiped out, or you know decimated or put to other kinds of work. Uh, but you're right. It could be another kind of ancient fear that uh, maybe preceded the nasty empire. Yeah. There's that possibility. I like it. I, it, 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 I think it's a good – if they stuck with it, I'd be happy. Fine with me. Okay. Settle. Right. I'm, I'm, I completely agree. Right. I'm on board. Like you said, every decision, every new piece we keep hearing about, every new image that's released makes me want to get in line right now more and more. Yes, right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so – and here's another interesting little, little thing that everyone's kind of talking about. Andy Serkis, who is a wonderful on-camera actor. I don't know how much of his on-camera stuff you've seen, but he's really good. And he does some great stuff. Yeah. Great character stuff. I'd be. I'm just happy he's in it. But do you tend to immediately think, oh, probably playing a motion capture character because he's the king? Could be. Right. Could be. Well, is that what you think when you when you see his name, or you don't? I, I mean, 
you know, it could be anything at this point. Like, we've seen him on screen and, you know, whatever, 24-hour party people and uh, King Kong and... Uh, well, there's no way... But, you know, he's he's been doing, like... He's been doing, like, second-unit directing stuff on The Hobbit, too. Yeah. You there's, know? there's no way there is not going to be a major character that's going to be motion capture. Right. There's just got to be, because yeah. I think the technology's there. They're going to want to do it. It's Star Wars, whatever. But on top of it, I think they really want to prove this ain't, this ain't your nephew's Star Wars. You know, this isn't, we're not going to pull a Jar Jar in any way. This is really good. Right, right. Um so anyway, enough about Star Wars. Let's um, let's go right into what else you're into. What else is happening? Is your dog all right? Do you hear that? Can you hear that? Okay, I do hear that. I thought your I thought your stomach was growling earlier, but then I realized. Come here, Henry. You okay, pal? That was Henry. That was about eight sneezes in a row. <laughs> That's what I thought. I've never heard him sneeze. Are you okay, bud? I've never heard that before. That was that was a, that was like a human uh, uh, sneeze fit. It's a little weird. That was great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the the other thing, you know, with the as far as Superman versus Batman, you know, we heard another name and another character get cast, which was Cyborg. Uh, yeah, and at that point, you, we were just like, guys, are really are we making Superman versus Batman? Are we making Justice League? Well, Cyborg is for those of us that are that uh, don't know as well as you. Cyborg is he's a character. I know him really. He's been around for a long time, I think, but I think I most know him from, like, the Teen Titans That's right. and stuff. So what is his yep. deal? He's a, he's a human cyborg. Uh, he is. He is a cyborg. Yeah, his dad uh, built him. He got messed up, and his dad built him. And he was Teen Titans, but now he's been in Justice League, you know, and especially New 52 Justice League. He's been one of the main main team members. So but he goes, they came out. Wasn't he a superpower? Superpower? Uh, he was, yeah, uh, he was a, a Wave 3 superpowers figure. He was... One of the more expensive ones. So he goes back a ways. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, they, they finally officially come out and said, once Superman, Batman is done in whatever, 2016, then they are making a Justice League movie with uh, old Zack Snyder in, what, 2018? Which I don't think surprised anyone, right? No. I mean, that's the way, didn't it just seem the way they went with the cast list? Yeah, but by that time, 2018, you know, we're going to have, you know, whatever. We're going to have Iron Man 6 and Avengers 4 and Willie Lumpkin 2. And don't and, we have a big showdown right now with, um, don't we have a big showdown with uh, Captain America 3 versus Justice League? Is that right? Well, I don't know. It's Captain America 3 in 2018? Or is it? Uh, it's it would be up against Superman, Batman. I would imagine. Okay, right? Superman, Batman. Okay, so that's it. So, yeah. So that currently, neither studio is moving on that. That's they're right up against it. Uh, right. Neck and neck with that that release date. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So does any of this excite you about Justice League or the fact that Cyborg is in it or anything? I mean, you know, I'll you know, I've I've been a, a lifelong DC fan. I'll always be excited i just i want it to be uh anything but man of steel like so yeah. that's that's my only yeah. concern at this point if only yeah good god can't can't say enough about what went wrong with that one i'm sorry yeah um um okay so what about others now now have you we talked about captain america we've got the star wars yep. stuff because we've 
because I forget what our when we talk and when we don't. Um, speaking of Star Wars stuff, and this isn't even on our little rundown of things. What? You're going off script? I am. I'm winging it. Uh, I'm improving, so don't deny. All right, that's all right. rule number one. Um, the Disney stores are uh, apparently doing, and I think I've said this before as well, I'm not even going to say the phrase uh, on May 4th that people certain, seem to say, and apparently there's another phrase that for the day after, May 5th. Right. Either of which, while you know me throughout my life, if I ever use either one, other than to make fun of people, you have my permission to kick me in the ghoulies as hard as you like. So, but, so you are not a fan of Star Wars, Dave? No, I'm being in, in May. No, I'm not. I see. No, I got no problem with May 25th being called Star Wars Day, if you want to do something like that. But the thing that's being done is, is everything I hate about what's happened to Star Wars. But anyway, so the Disney store is announcing a slew of merchandise, new stuff that's coming out for Star Wars, for classic Star Wars. and Exclusive stuff. Exclusive for Disney store, correct? Right? Right, yeah. yep, yep. Exclusive stuff, uh, you know, plush T-shirts, glassware, um, you know, nunchucks. Um, Which is nice. It's nice that Star Wars is finally getting some merchandising. Yeah, I know. It's been a, it's not nice to finally see. Well, I'm just glad they're getting ahead of the curve. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, stuff on its way. But one of the things they're doing that I certainly am on the fence about, <laughs> because they look kind of cool, but I don't, I don't know. They're doing like these 13-inch uh, action figures yes. uh, that – like have talking a talking feature like 15 20 things that it says and uh a light up sound effect you know weapon yep so it seems as if the weapon is like molded into the hand right so it's right now i think the stormtrooper is out next is han solo there's a luke and x-wing outfits there is a chewbacca they're all basically sort of scaled up less articulated star wars black figures uh yeah, kind of right because those are the, they like, are like the stormtroopers the same sculpt we've seen. Okay, because well the the loot is it okay? So that's interesting. So so yeah, because the choices that they've made are all the ones that they've that they've made so far. Um, and Boba Fett, I think we saw an unpainted a picture of like an unpainted Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, but they're like I say, they're 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 larger than probably this most stuff that people have in their collections, like 12-inch scale stuff. But they also, uh, articulation is case by case. It's not, doesn't seem like they're all articulated the same way. But um, the thing that people are getting kind of hung up on is the, the weapon that's sort of molded in the, the hand to make the noise and stuff. Right. Um, but it's, you know, kind of fun. Disney store, who'd have thunk it? Disney stores are getting Star Wars stuff. Uh, any thoughts on those? Are you planning on getting any of those? Or do you care? Uh, I don't know that I'll get those necessarily, uh, but uh, again, I haven't seen them in person, and you know, it, it was funny because uh, one of our buddies was posting that he picked up the stormtrooper and was like, "Oh, it says fifteen phrases," and it was like, does, "Do stormtroopers say fifteen different things?" Yeah, I uh, remember that conversation like, where it was like, "Hey, have you heard about the new uh, T14? Oh, yeah, not as good as the one. Yeah, 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 yeah." It's like, would they include that? Do we want to hear him saying that? I hope you know? so. That's that's the best conversation they had. Yeah. Then you have to get two to kind of mumble to each other. <laughs> exactly. I think 50, if it's 15 phrases, I think that is literally everything that a stormtrooper said in all the movies. Yeah. There's one set for stun. 
She'll be alright. Inform Lord Vader we have a prisoner. It's such a looks cool looks voice. her droids. It's such a cool voice, isn't it? Yeah. Even the Boba Fett voice is so cool. It's a guy, a British actor whose name I've forgotten, but it was so great. That original voice, all the stormtrooper voices original. To have those replaced by an Australian accent, no offense to, you know, our Australian listeners, but because you know he did that. He went back and did that. Yeah. What a oh, yeah. dick. Such a dick move. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. Um, what about... Did you, did you see Amazing Spider-Man 2? I have not seen Amazing Spider-Man 2. Do you plan to? I do. I may, I may see it next week. Oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not in a hurry. Uh, yeah. I don't want to know anything. I don't want to know any spoilers or anything, but I just... Nothing that I saw about it got me excited. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, especially now that I've been hearing about it, I'm less excited. Oh, you haven't seen it either? I uh, no, I mean and this is what's awful is, you know, I was uh I was a free man last weekend. Like my my wife and my daughter were out of town oh, yeah. and I could have gone. Wow. But I was just hearing such That's... mixed mixed to poor reviews that I was like, you know what? I'd rather stay at home in my underwear playing Arkham Origins. You should have called me. I would have come over and watched you in your underwear playing Arkham Origins. <laughs> but now that's a sad day in geekdom. Like, I've got a tiny tear going, yeah. going down the left side of my face when Daniel Pickett has free, free reign to go and do as he pleases and doesn't go and see a new Spider-Man movie. Yeah. That's, you know, that's like the anti- poster with the anti-comments, that would be on the anti-comment poster. Yeah. You know, I had I had nothing to do and I didn't even see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's almost like I forgot it was coming out. Yeah. It got, it got, to, it got to be like that. Um, so speaking of toys, maybe we should just get to the toy thing since you... Well, I want to say one more oh, movie thing. Yes, because please. I'm sort of fascinated by this. Please. Have you seen the trailer for that new movie, Boyhood, that's coming out? Yeah. The Linklater, so, Richard Linklater thing? Yeah, the yeah. Richard Linklater thing. That looked So this is fascinating, yeah. and, and what a project. I mean, so unprecedented. Yeah. It's basically, uh, he has been making this film for 12 years. Yeah. And he, he chose a child actor, and you watch him grow up over the span of 12 years. His dad is uh, Ethan Hawke, and uh, who's the mom in it? It's... Uh, 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 Ellen Burstyn. No, it's not Ellen Burstyn. Um, she's the. Well, she was the. Wasn't she the medium? Elizabeth, the medium. Elizabeth Montgomery. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, Patricia. Arquette. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, it's the story of just this kid growing up. Yeah. And he literally does. It's not, you yeah. know, fancy, uh, you know, digital effects. It's not other actors. Yeah. They've been shooting this movie for twelve. Years, the planning of that alone is staggering. Yeah, and you, you know, and it, it. I mean, it's a little surprising no one has ever tried it before, but it's just such a fascinating premise. I really can't wait. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah, I'm. So, uh, I'm down for that. I thought it looked really cool because you know it's one of those movies. It says a concept, and then when you see the trailer, you go, God, we don't we don't see enough stuff like this. You know what? What a nice. And Linklater is a great filmmaker. Um, yeah, let's yeah. let's see let's see what he does with this. What a cool idea! And it's it's already supposed to be a really good, really good movie. Some great right. great stuff in it. So I'm totally down for that. I'd, I'd see that in a heartbeat. 
Excellent. All right, now you can talk about toys. I'm so sorry. now let's talk about toys. So we'll get this out of the way, um, whatever we've sort of come up with recently. I had, some, I had a wonderful moment <laughs> yesterday that I don't think I've even told you about or in, on my list. Oh, maybe it is on my list. I found, first of all, I didn't know that NECA was doing these uh, you know, famous faces of, of Simpsons, of Springfield's figures. Oh, really? Well, I knew. I saw them like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. But I didn't know like how these were doing or what the extent was. And then suddenly I come across them and I see the Mark Hamill one. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I see Pete Townsend. And now I got to say from the moment Biff Bang Pow kicked off, I've always wanted to do uh, music properties. And I'll tell you more soon because some things are actually happening. But I've always wanted to do you know, certain rock and roll properties that or things that I'm into, you know, Scott Ian became, you know, a friend of mine because of a show that we worked on together. And so we did have Scott Ian, but that was supposed to be the first of maybe once a year, we'd get some different, you know, music people. The Who have always been like in my top five bands to try to get a license for to make action figures, toys, action figures of The Who, just from a purely right. selfish reason, all their incarnations, the different you know, years and everything. And suddenly there's Pete Townsend, and I, I, gra- I had no idea these were coming. And I grab it, and I look at the back, and I see they made Entwistle and Roger Daltrey as well. Well, I found all three of them, grabbed all three, ripped them open. They're already on the shelf with some of the musical faces that are on my in my one of my cases, uh, yeah, that's what that's wave two of those. That was just really cool. Just was like, oh my god, I finally got figures of the Who. This is freaking awesome. So, are you saying you did not also grab the Britney Spears one then? No, no. But you'll be happy to know I did get the Mark Hamill as well. Okay, all right. I had to because that's a very funny episode. I haven't watched The Simpsons in years, but I used to be religious about it. Uh, yeah, that was a fun. You remember that one with Hamill where he goes to the Bymon Sci-Fi Con or whatever it's called. Yep, yep. Um, that was a, that was a funny episode, and uh, it's a fun little little figure. But the Who ones are just like, come on, this is cool. So I I texted Randy Falk over at NECA immediately and was like, thank you for doing this. I know it's, they look like The Simpsons, but somebody made figures of the Who, which is awesome. Uh, so I found that. I also found a couple of Transformers. <laughs> That was my Transformers sound. I love it. Uh, a couple of Transformers figures at Toys R Us. Now, but not just any old Transformer figure. From the new film, Transformers: The Edge of Smell of Fear. The Age of Extinction. Age of Aquarius. Now, um, first of all, I'm not a Transformers guy. I do have some Transformers. I have, for example, do you remember the big, giant? Uh, anniversary op- classic Optimus Prime with the talking bass that lights up and stuff. Yes, I have that just because it's awesome. Um, you know, and I I don't I pick one up now and then. Uh, you know, I, I I even I think I even own the first movie uh, just because just because you know whatever um, it was kind of crap, but you know giant robots fighting each other. So I see the poster the other day. I'm driving down. Uh, what was I like Ventura Boulevard or something? And there's this giant poster, one of the coolest, silliest, dumbest, amazing things. It's just this giant poster of like Optimus Prime riding a big robot dinosaur. He's riding Grimlock, and he's got like a, his arm up in the air with like the sword kind of thing. And it just was like, so, yeah, 
oh my god, that's the picture you take into the pitch, and, and they say, uh, what's your what's your movie about? And you just throw that thing down and go, there, shut up, it's a giant robot. Giant robot truck driving a giant robot dragon around? Riding a, yeah, riding a giant robot dragon. So, get in line. So, there's this huge, like half the wall was all Transformers Part 4 stuff. And oh, no. They even have these little ones that are like little the little dinosaurs that you rev up and they spark yep. and they move and then there's tiny little figures of the robots. Um, right. So I just thought, uh, you know, should I get one? Should I not? Okay, I'll get the Bumblebee because it's a really good-looking figure, this Bumblebee figure. Um, and I'll also have to make a confession. Of, of the dozen or so that I've bought in recent years, or five, tech, six, seven years, I truly have only been able to put about four of them together. <laughs> and that is with instructions. Like, I'm terrible right. at putting those together. So I picked up yeah. Bumblebee, and I picked up Who's the spiny? Looks kind of like a T Rex. He's red. Uh, that's one of the Dinobots. Scar or Score? Scar, yeah, Scar, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So I go to I ring up, and the woman behind the counter can't find. She can't ring him up. She's like, "Oh, there must be something wrong here." I said, "Oh, they, they were like they were like twelve bucks, whatever they were, or whatever." Well, I don't know. Gets the manager over, and he looks at the thing. He goes, oh, "Wait a minute, what are these? Oh, those aren't. You're not supposed. They're not." And he kind of looks at me like, "These are." new, right? And I said, yeah, they're new. He said, yeah, they're not. Uh, okay, well, and he takes a couple minutes, looks through the thing, and it's okay. He rings me up. But as soon as he was ringing me up, he was like running to get back to the the aisle to take everything down, all the Transformer stuff down. So some, yeah, we're, we're reporting on the 8th. This would have been on the 7th. Yes. These, these things will not be in stores until the 17th. Yeah. Is the street day score? Lindsay scores. Lindsay. So I've I've got four of them right now that Hasbro actually sent me sent out. You know who? Uh, Hasbro. God, I thought you said Hasrack for a second. What? I th- no Hasbro. I think you said Hasrack. You know the the guy the guys that were uh, Azrak Hamway, the guys that did the rack toys. Sorry. No. Oh, so yeah. Uh, Hasbro yeah. sent some to, yeah. for us to be able to debut uh, today. Actually, today's yeah. the day we're we'll able to post them because. You're like a guy that runs a music site that gets advanced copies of albums. Right. I'm the guy that has to go look for stuff. So that was kind of a – I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, that part of me kind of wanted to go, should I run back and see if there's another one I should get? Nah, <laughs> don't be a glutton. Just take the two, and that was it. But I, you know, I, I'm an old-school Transformers fan. I loved all the Gen 1 stuff. I had all that. But I haven't really – especially since the movies come out. Uh, I haven't picked up much of anything except for like those masterpiece things. So uh, I was a little rusty on it too. So they sent me the big uh, leader class Optimus Prime. Okay. And in the box, it's he's in his robot form, you know, with his big sword and his big shield. Uh-huh. And you take him out, and it, you know, it says on the box, it's 18 steps to transform him into a truck. Uh-huh. Well, the problem was the instructions show you how to take him. From a truck to a robot, not from a robot to a truck. So it's not. So it's not what, double sided. When you, when you double sided instructions. That's correct. What? I mean, they were double sided, but it was all eighteen steps. <laughs> so it was half on one side, half on the other. Now they did send me a couple of, <coughs> excuse me, smaller ones. They sent me another Dinobot and one of the Autobots, right. uh, and those were only sixteen steps. And so their instructions were double sided, showing how to do it both ways. Can't you just do it and go backwards? 
it's a it's a little trickier than you think yeah. just because he is so complex. Yeah. So it took me a little while, but you know, it was it was sort of like riding a bike. See, Once I got back on, I like, know, okay, I see. Where I know that there was a range that came out that were just action figures. I don't know what film that was, but wasn't there a line that came out that was like just an action figure of Optimus, but it was great articulation, but it didn't change yeah. into a truck. I th- yeah, I think there was some. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a separate range of, let's say, two or four characters uh, that don't have to transform. And I'd love them just as is, as robots, and then maybe with like a talking chip inside so they, right. they could make some sounds. I don't need every Transformer to transform, you know? Because, uh, you know, does everybody do that, or do they kind of display them as robots or as cars or whatever? I think most people display them as in the robot form. Yeah. That I've, I mean, I don't know about I'm sure there are some people out there that buy two and have them in both their forms. See, I just want the – just the start. Somebody, you know, Hasbro, make just the figures, make a line of three or four characters, uh, and just have them make some sounds. I, I think it's like those Godzilla toys. Like there's – there's four or five different Godzillas, then there's little Godzilla, little three and three quarter inch style, you know, action figure Godzillas with some cities that you can knock down. Then there's that giant Godzilla. Your dog is really growling. Can you hear that? They're playing. Can you? Oh yeah. Oh, sorry guys, Bowie. That's enough. Bowie's in a. After after Michael just complimented our sound quality. I know. Well, if if he digs our sound quality, he's going to be hearing Bowie being a pain. Um, then there's a giant. Friggin' eight foot tall, Jack specific uh, Godzilla. The kids. Well, there's also that there's that weird one that will poke your eye out, yes. where like the blue flame shoots okay. out of its head that's immediately. What was, that's what I was getting to. There's that one yeah. with the blue flame. But have you have you played with it? Like, have you seen how it does? How it works? Yeah, where you sort of lean him over and he vomits blue flame. Okay, so he basic. Not only is his head like split in half where the mouth is, like 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 Heath Ledger's Joker. It's like that kind of a cut. You have to bend him over, like, in half. In other words, he can't just stand up and have the noise or the flame come out as he stands because he doesn't, he doesn't tend to bend over in half and spit flame. But that's how you get the sound to work. And then the flame comes out, like, a foot long, just this blue stick that, that lights up. But that, And then the top of his head just flips back like a big lighter. Totally, just like, yeah, exactly, like a Zippo. <laughs> Yeah, um, but that noise, you know, that Godzilla growl is one of the coolest sounds in the history of everything. And yeah. I just wish that ever, I know it's a cost thing. I get it. Believe me on this side. I totally get the cost thing. I just wish that like every one of the larger Godzillas made that made that sound. Like uh, to me, every I could lose. You could even lose some of the articulation or whatever else. Just give me that sound. And well, it's crazy because that the the giant one that Jack Specific did has like a little has like grooves in his crotch where it looks like there was going to be a sound feature and I think there's a little oh interesting battery hatch too but there's there's no there's no electronics in it but see that cuz that's the other thing is like the I once had oh I might have still have it somewhere cuz you know I like some of the guns and the role play stuff it kills me I love that stuff they made something for the first transformer movie I think that was like a little it looked like a little flashlight with a handle uh, it's mm-hmm. almost like a camping sort of flashlight, and then when you pull, okay. when you squeeze the handle, a barrel came out the front of the flashlight, and then it could shoot out missiles, and it transformed. Other things happened, but it not only made gun sounds, like you know, laser sounds. When you opened and closed, or the barrel went in and out, it made the transformer sound. 
Oh, okay. And see, for me, like almost every Transformer toy should make the damn. That's such an iconic sound effect. Yeah. I, you know, I want more of it. I want it to be like in every Transformer that they make. Uh, so I picked up those. Those are toys. Did you? And you anything recent that you got? I thought you found something recently too. No. Uh, I have picked up a, a couple of things. Yeah, I like. Uh, I've, I got the new Doctor Who three and three quarter inch. That that is the next, the twelfth Doctor. Oh, is he is he in his new costume or is he in the regeneration costume? He's in the regeneration costume. Okay, yeah. So there's that yeah. one. There's a Zygon. There's yeah. a new Clara Oswald, I think, and something else maybe. Right. Uh, well, and then they repaint. Uh, crap ton of stuff. Yeah, that's you know. it. So where'd you find him? Yeah. Uh, I got him at WonderCon, actually, at a booth. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then I picked up more Jumbo Star Wars there, too. You know. What's that? And you didn't get one for me. No, I didn't. Okay. Okay, and you picked up more Jumbotron stuff? I picked up more than the Jumbo Star Wars, you know, the big gentle giant guys. Yeah. I have, so I've, compl- I've completed the Bounty Hunter set now. Do you still have, did you ever get the Gamorrean Guard? Uh, yes, I did. Because I just saw him at a shop. I didn't. Yeah, I got the the special one of him, the Collector Club one that has the coin. And you got the blue Snaggletooth, right? I do have the blue Snaggletooth. He he was, I think, the one that got me into him. Oh, that 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 turned you on the to blue get. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, and then I, I I don't have it yet, but Sideshow, you know, to go back to Star Wars, they <laughs> had teased it a little while ago, but the, on Star Wars weekend they put it up for presale. They have got. A gorgeous one six scale R two figure, oh, like the one that I have always wanted. I saw that, isn't it? Now, what is it, does it do? Anything? It does everything. What does it do? Uh, so it's got you know it's got Luke's lightsaber from Return of the Jedi that pops out. Yes, but that thing is magnetic. What? So you use it to actually open all the hatches. Come on. So I think the only. Thing that it does not do. I don't think it makes sound, but what? it does light up. Uh, How much? Is- but the only other thing it doesn't do is it doesn't have like the the leg rockets. Wait a second. But how much is? Yes. Uh, well, it's like 160, I think. Oh, that's not too bad. But still, it should make some sounds. Is it? Does it light up? It absolutely well, lights then why up. Does, yep. It should make sounds. I, it might. It might, but I don't think it does. You need to call someone. I'll make some calls. Call sideshow. But yeah, I mean, it's got you know, it's got the sensor scope. It's got uh, you know the the little eye that comes out in Dagobah. It's got all you know, both the little blue arms at the top pop up. All the other hatches with all the plugs and the the grabby things and every other thing. He's got the the arm that comes out to serve drinks. The drink thing. So these are in scale with twelve inch Star Wars figures. Yes. Okay. Can we say one more thing about Star Wars before we have to change the subject? I guess so. Um, because you made me think of it because of R2. Listen, we're going to keep pointing this out nearly every week or every other week until someone says something. Still no word from Lando's camp. Still no word from Billy D's people. And by people, I mean his representatives, not African-Americans. So don't jump down my throat, okay? I meant his reps. Right. Um, but, you know, it's like – if we're going to get Kenny Baker and we're going to get Anthony Daniels and we're going to get Peter frickin Mayhew, not to diminish anything that they've done or any of their talents, Anthony Daniels, probably most of, of the three of them, you know, definitely should be inside that suit walking around. But let's be honest, you know, Baker and Mayhew, Baker, especially, it's kind of like, oh, we got to get Kenny. 
got to put him in the thing. You know, he's not going to bring a huge amount to R2 that CG animators couldn't or whatever. So if we're, I mean, that's doubly insulting. If we're going to get the little, the little round robot back, and he's going to be inside it, it's even more insulting that we haven't heard uh, the words Lando Calrissian yet. And and you know, next going to be on my list. Tell me, Mon Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. Yep, I knew it. Yep. What about Akbar? Akbar, yeah. How come no? Well, Akbar though, you could you could get you could make him like a CG guy or something or whatever, and that could be a surprise, you know, down the road. But General Maydeen, no one's talking. Well, Sandin, not not General Maydeen, but what about Wedge? He's the only other character to make it Wedge. through those three. Yeah, and he those three films. He's Ewan McGregor's uncle. That's right. Yeah, he should. Yeah, you're right. They haven't talked about Wedge either. So I'm saying. But you know, I guess the argument could be well, there had to be some casualties. But when it's someone like Lando, you got to get – if anybody should die, if anybody should have died in the original trilogy, and if anybody should die in these new ones, I still say it's probably going to be Han, but it should be Lando because it will redeem him for all the nasty shit that he did. Well, you know, but, you know, when you think about it, Lando was not in episode four. He was only in five and six, so maybe he's only in, you know, eight and nine. Really? What, and what's he doing? Is he back on – Cloud City is he is he running a back into I think I th I I don't I, this is a little bit of a spoiler cuz I've been talking to people but it has something with romance and malt liquor. Wow, and I had to I had to clarify my his people comments and you go for the malt liquor. He was the spokesman for Colt 45. Uh-huh. That was his sponsorship. Uh -huh. Anyway, uh that's Billy D history. That's of, what that is. Speaking of racists, uh, what? No, no. Saw, saw, uh, no, no, kidding. But I, so I saw a movie recently that I bet you haven't seen. I just saw it. It is not available on Region 1 DVD. Uh, I don't know how you can see it. I, managed, I tracked down a Region 2 DVD of it. I've wanted to see this for years. It's called Frequently Asked Questions About Time Travel. And um, it is a sci-fi comedy of which there are only a handful that have ever been done, certainly done successfully. So it's from 2009, and um, the cast, you'll love this, the cast is a guy named Dean Lennox Kelly, who you would best know from, do you remember the Doctor Who episode called The Shakespeare Code? Yes. He played Shakespeare. Okay. Mark Wooten, who you would know from, what's the Christmas movie you like with uh, Martin Freeman? Oh yeah, that's uh, the nativity. Nativity. So he's the he's the goofy younger guy. Yes. And then Chris O'Dowd. It's one of the first movies that Chris O'Dowd did before. So, oh no, kidding. Yeah, before he exploded. It's um, it's written by a guy named Jamie Matheson, um, who I don't know if he created or just wrote episodes of of the original Being Human, the UK Being Human, okay. and yep. he's also writing one or two episodes of the new series of Doctor Who. Oh, okay. Very cool. But it's just a great, it's one of those movies that you have to see twice, like right away, because it's, you know, uh, three friends hanging out at a pub. Two of them are definitely nerds. Uh, the third guy, Dean Lennox Kelly, isn't. Um, but they immediately start talking about, you know, sci-fi ideas and time travel, this and that. And then one of them, actually the non-nerd, goes to the men's room and when he comes out, the pub is completely different. Something horrible's happened. 
Okay. And he goes back into the into the bathroom. When he comes back out, it's the same again, and he tries to explain. And basically what starts to happen is – I mean it's really clever. It's funny. I mean it's not like hilarious, you know, fall-down funny comedy, but it's really clever what they do with time travel and how the mach- the time machine seems to be in the men's room. You just – something happens when you leave the men's room, and it really becomes funny about – all the paradoxes and all the ideas that we've always talked about for years and what would happen if you bumped into yourself and all this stuff. And then uh, Anna Ferris is in it as well. She suddenly shows up as someone from the future, starts to explain things. And it just, it's really well done and really clever. I'm glad I finally, I finally saw it. So um, I'm a little late to it, but it's, it's a fun, fun, fun movie. So um, that no one else can watch. That no one else can see. So, I'm really sorry. Maybe it's something that you can find on like a, a Hulu or something, but it's UK Hulu or I don't know. Right. Uh, so there's that. Also have seen uh, most of NBC's Rosemary's Baby, uh, okay. which doesn't air, I don't think, until the end of the month. But we've got a screener. Uh, not terrible. Not great, but really graphic. Um, Are you still watching Hannibal? No, I haven't seen any of the new season. Oh my gosh, that show is fantastic! Oh, but you know what? I think week in, week out, is it phenomenal acting, super creepy, super graphic, just excellent TV. I think actually, I think I've got a screener of the new season because now we're getting all the screeners for you know awards time and everything. I right. think I might actually uh, have that. I'll tell you what I watched. Uh, TV wise, I'm still keeping up with Mad Men, still keeping up with uh, Game of Thrones. Right. Uh, thank God the new episode of Game of Thrones ended the way it did. You know, with the with the without giving them too much weight, with the stuff that happens to the bad guys. Where the clowns show up. <laughs> the clowns show up in the car. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I can't, I couldn't take much more of the of the rape room. You know, right. whatever that whatever that adventure was all about, the adventure of the rape room. Um, that was interesting. Um, Veep, keeping up with Veep, Louis. Yep. Holy crap. The first two episodes of Louie, uh, the second one, or whichever one has Seinfeld in it, I was dying. I was just watching it by myself, and I nearly wet my pants. It is, it is definitely a show. I think we both love it, because you've, you've seen all of them, right? You turned me on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, did, you told me about the Daniel Lynch thing, and I don't know if we ever talked about <laughs> The David Lynch, David Lynch thing. I don't know if we ever talked about That Letterman. was sublime. I mean, that was just one of the most genius, demented ideas ever. And, yeah. and Lynch was just genius. He was, I watched those, those episodes he was in, I watched them three times. I, I was just thinking, it was like, I would absolutely watch those again. Yeah, they're so good. Well, this new one, I think there's two different episodes that are, that are like the premiere. And well, they're doing that each week now. They're doing two episodes, two episodes back. Okay. And one of them yeah. has Seinfeld in it. That's all I'll say. It is so good, and it's, it's actually getting to the point where the way he's shooting some of this stuff, I don't know how he does it because he writes, directs, edits, you know, everything. Um, I don't know how he keeps a straight face. And it's not just that he keeps a straight face. It's like this, this hangdog expression of just kind of misery or loserdom, uh, never more so than, than in the Seinfeld episode I'm talking about. So everybody, if you haven't seen it, please see it it's it's brilliant but the thing i watched that's got me the most excited and i should preface this by saying it's showtime 
Biff Bang Pow, me, we already have a history with Showtime because of Dexter and Californication and some other stuff. Uh, we have the license for this show. So I have slightly selfish reasons for talking about it and for having watched it already. But there's a new series coming on uh, uh, Showtime this Sunday, the 11th, I think is the premiere, called Penny Dreadful. And uh, it's going to be like a summer series. I don't know how many episodes, but it's created by and written by John Logan, who wrote Skyfall. Um, and I think he wrote or co-wrote The Wolverine or something. I forget. He's got some other genre stuff to his name. It's executive produced by Sam Mendes, who okay. uh, we all know who Sam Mendes is. And there's a Skyfall connection there as well. Eva Mendes' dad. Eva Mendes' dad. Eva Green is in it. Uh, Josh Hartnett, who, again, one of those guys like a Jake Gyllenhaal. I never minded him or anything. I just never really paid much attention. Um, another guy's name I forgot, but, but coolest of all, Timothy Dalton is in it. Uh, and, it's, and it takes place you know, around um, you know, the late 1800s in London. And um, it's in the time of... You know, Jack the Ripper, but, you know, vampires, demons, werewolves. I'm not saying these are in there. I'm just saying that's the world that it sort of inhabits. Right. Uh, Eva Green is some kind of a medium of sorts that can talk to both worlds, sort of. Hartnett is sort of a gun for hire. And and uh, Dalton is um, the driven sort of character that he's looking for his daughter throughout this, this story. Uh, it's really good, but it's really moody and incredibly graphic. Like it's very violent. There's some really some heavy gore in it. Uh, well, depending on when we get this episode posted, this may be news or it may be history. But uh, Directv subscribers are getting a free Showtime preview this weekend because of the premiere of that. Oh, great! Well, I hope so. everybody. Are you trimming your nails or are you cutting coupons? Uh, do you really want me to tell you what I'm doing? <laughs> no, I just, I'm hearing a clicking sound. Are you, are you... The clicking sound is I, I am playing with the back calf hatches of my Mark III Hot Toys Iron Man. That's not a euphemism, is it? That is not a euphemism. That's actually what I'm doing. If that was a euphemism, that, that it was the lengthiest euphemism. I am going to put him down. Now that's a euphemism. You, <laughs> hey! Um, no, but it's really it's really creepy, and I, I hope it it's, gets better and it goes somewhere. Um, we've got the license. We're, we're putting out uh, a set of tarot cards. We're putting out two different versions, one of which is more exclusive for Comic-Con and a couple other goodies that I can't talk about yet. But the tarot cards are already doing very well as, as, a, pre, okay. as a pre-order item. But I just want to say... Aren't you doing uh, eight-inch retro figures, too? Yes, but, you know... You showed them. You showed them. I just the whole world... Yeah, I guess we can say that, yeah. Um, I have pictures of what's them. What's cool for me is I think the cast is going to be at Comic Con. So if Timothy, oh, nice. if Timothy Dalton comes, I am going to have Kiss an aneurysm. Up. Timothy Dalton should be for me on the Mount Rushmore of genre stuff. Let's just let's just run it down, shall we? In a nutshell, Flash Gordon, Prince Baron, right? James Bond, James Bond, two of the best. Bond films ever made. I'll fight anyone in the street if they disagree with me. In fact, I just found a great article which we should post. Uh, I forget the website, but the guy was like, here are the top five reasons Dalton was so great in the part, and here's um, 
why. Um, so Flash Gordon, Prince Baron, James Bond, James Bond, The Rocketeer, right. Neville Sinclair, yep. Doctor Beautician, Beautician and the Beast, and the Beast, the Beast, Doctor Who, Rassilon, for God's sake, he's playing a Time Lord. He's even even hits the world of Doctor Who. Toy Story, Mr. Pricklepants. Yes. Uh, he gets over to the comedy side with Mr. Pricklepants, and then Hot Fuzz and Simon Pegg connection. He plays uh, Mr. Skinner in uh, Hot Fuzz, who, by the way, <clears throat> was very lucky to see uh, one of the you know Edgar Wright does a thing out here every year in L.A. Uh, called the Wright Stuff. He does a two-week. Um, uh, programs, the film festival at the at the New Beverly, played Flash Gordon. Timothy Dalton showed up. They did a Q and A afterwards. It was great. But Dalton told a little story that he remembered. You know, Edgar Wright saying, "I need, I love you to grow a mustache, grow a mustache for Hot Fuzz." And he says, "Okay." He goes, "No, but it's, it's got to be the Prince Baron mustache." And Dalton was like, "What?" He's like, "No, no, no. But it's got to look exactly like the one that you had as Prince Baron in, in Flash Gordon." That's what a big Flash Gordon fan Edgar Wright is. So Flash Gordon, James Bond, The Rocketeer, Doctor Who, Toy Story, Hot Fuzz. Is there something else I'm missing that's a big genre thing that he did? Uh, no, I think that's, I think that's, that's right. about six major genre categories slash pictures slash whatever. And while I'm on the subject, uh, I'm not going to say how or why or when, but... Ah, uh, yours truly got a hold of, uh, you know Mondo, you know the Mondo posters? I do, yeah, yeah. the Alamo Draft House? Yep. Mondo did a Flash Gordon 1980 poster, and they also did one from 1938, the Buster okay. Crab serials. And, and in the middle, like on the, on the 1981, there's half the Earth on the middle, like from the very beginning of the 80 movie. And on the... Buster Crab one, the other half of the Earth, and then the same thing with Ming. So he's ha- Ming is Don Cito is half a face on the 1980 poster, and the other half is Charles Middleton on the one. So when you put them together, it makes one giant Flash Gordon uh, one sheet. Uh, That's pretty cool. I got both of them, and not only do I have them, they're going to go in a frame. I'm actually going to get to frame these and put these up in the living room, believe it or not, because my wife actually thinks they're they're gorgeous too. So, yeah, so there's uh, – so Penny Dreadful, check it out. I think people will like it. It's, it's uh, early days, but it could be something really cool. Um, what else have you got going on? So bad news this week. What? Old, old Almost Human, my favorite new show of the season, Fox canceled that because it was too good. Wait a second. The, the Carl Urban Robocop yes. thing? yes. Cancelled. Yeesh. Dude. I couldn't. I, I saw the pilot. That was good enough for me. You're wrong in so many ways, and this is just one of them on the list. Okay. Well, maybe next week we can do a whole episode of All the Ways I'm Wrong. Oh, that'd be great. Well, that we're going to need some extra time. I'm going to have to take a day off work or something. All right. Great. Looking forward to that one. Uh, right, yeah, so that's gone. Uh, but I was excited. I was driving the other day and saw a billboard uh, that Derek is coming back for a second season, oh. which I was not expecting at all. We liked that, didn't we? That was Derek. Yeah, Derek was good. Is that Ricky Gervais show that showed up on Netflix, yeah. which was 
a very un-Ricky Gervais kind of project, really. Yes. Uh, because the basic premise, the theme, the the, the you know the the overall uh, thesis of it was just be nice. Yeah. 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 It's a nice change. Nice change of pace. I have to say, uh, he's great in it. Carl Pilking, Pilkington is great in it. Terrific. Really has some chops. But the guy, I don't know his name, but the guy that that is the sleazy, <laughs> yeah. the sleazy friend that thinks he gets all the ladies, yeah. he's sublime. That guy steals yeah. the the freaking show. In fact, it's funny that the new the new issue of Q uh, magazine, the British music magazine, uh, has Lily Allen on the cover, and they have this this section every month called Cash for Questions, mm-hmm. and so they you know they let the the readers know. You know, a couple months in advance, you know, in two months, we're going to have Ricky Gervais, so start sending your questions in now. And he literally, you know, sits down and reads each question and then gives a quick, you know, quick answer. Um, so it's not your usual interview stuff. It's like, you know, one guy, one guy wrote in, dear Ricky, why will you not give me another chance? Love God. Huh. And then he talks about whatever. But it's funny, they, they talked about Derek, the new season coming out, and they talked about... Um, David Bowie, and uh, they said, "How did it feel to to work with him and to have that?" Oh, they said, "Well, did you realize that you know, funny little fat man, the the basic, maybe I don't know if you even know this, but the basic, you know, music track, you know, musical track, he then reused for Where Are We Now, which is the first single that came off his new record the next day." Oh, that's funny. Uh, so they said, what you- so, but what you're talking about with Bowie, that's from Extras. Yes, that's from Extras. So they yeah, said, they just said, in case people don't yeah. aren't familiar. So they said, what did you, what did you think about the fact that he he used that music track for the new album? He said, oh well, I, I knew I, he, you know, he mentioned that he was going to, uh, but it's you know it's great to hear. It. But he goes, you know, at the end of the day, he said, I ended up writing a song, co-writing a song with one of my all-time heroes, David Bowie. He's like, how amazing is that? Because you know, Bowie wrote the music, and then, but but for the most part, Gervais had all the lyrics, had all the stuff down. And he said, I'll remember one of my first conversations with him. <laughs> he said it was pretty funny. He said, it was I wasn't even thinking, but I said, yeah, you know, can we make it a little retro? Can you can you sort of make it like Life on Mars? Like do do like a Life on Mars? And he said, David Bowie was like, oh okay, so I'll just go fucking write another Life on Mars for you. Is that it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Be back in five minutes. Like, like, yeah, no, no, no problem. I'll just knock that off. Uh, you know, when I wake up in the morning. Um, yeah, that's cool. So Derek is Derek's a good show. I'd I'm, I'd look for. I'd watch that again. It was yeah, it was well done. Um, so over the past two days, there's been a slew of announcements of things being picked up. Yes. So Agents of Shield is coming back for a second season. Oh, good. That that's for sure. Now I'm an episode behind. I'm this week's episode behind. I think I'm actually two episodes behind. Okay. So uh, they just announced today that uh, Marvel's Agent Carter is getting greenlit. Oh, fun! Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So that's the the character from Captain America, the first Speaking one. Speaking of which, her old yes. her old age makeup in Captain America two. Yep. Did you know that was digital? Uh, I I suspected it was. Yeah, it was digital. Because it was so well. I mean, you know, it, it moved and beautiful. In a way, yeah. Uh, yes, continue, and then we're going to have to wrap this up. I apologize, but uh, okay. Uh, so there's that. There's uh, then all all four of the DC projects got picked up. Okay. Which were uh, Gotham, yes, the, the Batman before Batman. Saw the trailer, the by the way. 
Yep. I think it looks just fine, but it's doing nothing for me. Like, like if I see it, if I don't, really don't care. I'm sure. It'll, I'm excited. I, I, people seem to be, but I just think, you know, what's the? I mean, I don't know. You just it's just another cop show. Like, it's a cop show, but I like that cast. So you know, I want to see Donal Loge and that guy from Southland working together. You know. Yes. It's you know it's good cops sent to hell. I think that's going to be interesting. Seen it, so. done it. You did it? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so the Flash got picked up. Yes. Uh, the John Constantine uh, thing got picked Ooh, up. Which, by the way, I've read the script. Now yep. I've read the entire uh, pilot script. Great script. Awesome. Really good. So I hope the show is as good as the the script. It's looking good. And then uh, I Zombie and, was and, the other uh, one. There. I'm sorry, but uh, my my wife has actually seen it. Oh, great! And she said it was it was very good. So I like. Just hope I agree. But yes, continue, please. Uh, so those are the ones that got picked up, and I just I want to mention one other thing that I saw uh, that I really liked and was not expecting to. So I'm not a huge fan of Billy Crystal. You know, I enjoyed his films yes. back when I was a teenager, City Slickers and all that, yes. and you know whatever the one he did with Barishnikov and and all those sort of things. But you know, yeah, he did a movie with Barishnikov yeah. where there were cops. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're thinking it was him like Gregory that's Hines. Gregory or... Hines. No, but he was wasn't Barishnikov the bad guy in it. No, Jimmy Smith was the bad guy in it. Barishnikov did a cop movie with Gene Hackman uh, involving Russia, and that was directed by Nicholas Meyer, who did Wrath of Khan. All right. A little bit of useless bullshit information out of my brain. So he's doing a one-man show right now on Broadway called 700 Sundays. And I, I, I saw him on Letterman sort of talking about it, and it was on this weekend while I was sitting around in my underpants. And I'm just I was like, you know, I'm getting a theme here with the underpants. You seem to... no, it's still the same week. Do you own trousers? No. Okay. Not if I can help it. Uh, and it is, it's, it's fantastic. I saw some now of it. it yeah. It still has some of his shtick in it. Yes. Certainly. Yes. Uh, it is not devoid of that, but it's, it is the story. His father passed away when he was 15 years old. Okay. And so he figures he had about 700 Sundays with his dad. Oh, is that what the title comes from? Yes. Uh, and it sort of tells the story of from when he was born until when his dad passed away. And the set is uh, the the uh, is a reproduction of the house he grew up in. Yeah, I and saw I saw a good 30 minutes of it. I watched yeah. a good chunk of it. The funny bit I thought it, was the um, was the silent movie that he did. Oh yeah, that was actually very well done. Um, yeah. You know, I, 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 again, I feel the same way I think you do about Billy Crystal. I don't, dis, I don't hate him or dislike him or anything. I just, eh. And you know what I found interesting about watching it was he seemed kind of nervous throughout. Like he seemed yeah. like there were, there were a lot of times where he, he spoke so fast to get to the end of a gag that I couldn't quite, I couldn't quite get, keep up with him. Like the dog censored like the dog, you. Yeah, see, this, this is when I know it's time to wrap things up because Bowie's going to be a handful. Um, okay, so there's that. And but yeah, but there's, there's some moments in it that are just so personal and so impactful yeah. that, man, it just sneaks up on you. Really dynamite. I'll check that out. It's playing like crazy, so I'll, I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah. Um, comedy news, things coming back. I'm happy to say that uh, a second Alan Partridge film is happening. Uh, they're going to start writing it soon. And uh, I loved Alpha Papa, the first Alan Partridge film. I love all the Alan Partridge stuff, but Steve Coogan is doing another 
Alan Partridge, so that's very cool. Um, we talked about Louis, Veep is coming back, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think uh, that's maybe all we have time for this week. All right. We might have to kind of um, wrap things up, although there was something I was going to ask you that isn't on our list. Now oh. I've managed to forget it. I don't know. Oh, let's, let's end with this. Why don't we end with this one? What's your uh, target Captain America experiment? Uh, that's going to be a longer story. So let's wait. wait. We'll save hey, that for now. Uh, do you want to talk about how oh, we talked about Star Wars too much? Um, okay, real quick. I found something that's kind of fun that we never – we don't really talk about vintage stuff too much on the show. But um, right. were you ever a fan of Danger Mouse? Do you remember the cartoon Danger Mouse? Absolutely. It's one of, kind of the first cartoons on Nickelodeon. That's right. That's right. It was. And um, I'm a big fan, and boy, especially in the U.S., you can count on one hand the number of items that have ever been made for Danger Mouse. There's just nothing. I have a rack toy that's, that's kind of fun. It's like a little, you know, comes with like an eye patch and a, you know, ID card and little things like that. But um, there's just nothing uh, that's been made. There's stuff in the U.K. Like there's some plush things, and there's some like bendy figures, but like. I found one on eBay a while back that was, uh, you know, carded. It was like 80 bucks. Yeah. So it's hard to find stuff. But um, like I say, I've got a couple of odds and ends. But I found this thing on eBay, and I won it. And it's called – no one – maybe three people out there are going to find this exciting. But it's called the Danger Mouse Secret File. And it's like, um, you know, it's 19, like in 1982, 83 or something. But it's the kind of thing that you would have gotten. Like I have one of these for – the Black Hole, which I, I loved as a kid. I found it again on eBay a couple years ago. And it's basically like the Black Hole one, you know, it comes with like an activity book and a, a punch out and make it book and, you know, the, the golden, you know, storybook and a sticker book, you know, and all in one little box. So that's kind of what this thing is. It's like there's like a, a Danger Mouse mask that you can cut out and make. There's okay. um, little handbooks like the, the Danger Mouse code book and uh, a Danger Mouse passport of Great Britain and stuff like that. But it's also got, um, you know, and this is something that I, obviously I wouldn't mess with the original stuff, but it's got like punch out, you know, cut out kind of characters. Okay. And his vehicle, you remember the, the Mach 3 or the Mark 3 uh, yep. vehicle car that they had? So you can, you can, you know, color and cut out and, you know, glue together the car, which is awesome because they never made any of this stuff. And like uh, all the little characters, you can cut out and stand up and put into a scene of London. Uh, it reminded me of kind of you know being a kid, seeing some of that stuff, and um, it's all just in beautiful shape. So I just I was very excited. It's not a fun little vintage thing that came through the door. Nice, yeah, for Danger Mouse. So anybody out there that can clue me into any Danger Mouse uh, collectibles, where I could find them, you know, older stuff or action figures if they ever existed, please. This this show has been pretty good for that. I ended up finding my Captain Kremen, uh, that bendy figure of Captain Kremen, for like twelve bucks because someone uh, hipped us to it. So um, that's true. Yeah, 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 any help would be appreciated. But there you go. There's another big chunk of info to chew up and spit out and share at your next cocktail party. That's right. I, I recommend spitting it out before you get into the party. In a spittoon, perhaps. In a spittoon. Uh, all right, I'll get to the dogs. You get back to your hot toys, uh, whatever your whatever disgusting things you were doing with your 
with your heart. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk to you guys in a week. Please send us your notes. Let us know what we're doing right, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. And um, we, we love getting your feedback. So keep it up, please. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Have a good week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.